the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we are inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Our toll-free number is one 888 F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 Don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your mind. Again, that number is one 888 Tonight on Contending for the Faith, we continue with the eighth point in our series on not giving the place to the devil. In our world today, we are constantly being bombarded by many voices and a multitude of messages. As Christians, do we have the discernment to recognize who's behind these voices that influence our culture today? Which begs the question, how often do we get in trouble by listening to the wrong voices? How often do we get into trouble by listening to the voice of Satan with his evil suggestions suggesting the wrong things to us? Tonight, Dr. Buckner will bring us 17 demonic D's that Satan whispers into our thoughts. So stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, wonderful introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we trust that you're going to be blessed in the Lord tonight. So we want you to grab a seat and to get your pen and some paper and uh, take some notes and pray for us as we continue to minister to the entire Bay Area and beyond. Yes, as Brother Jim has said, uh, we are talking about 17 demonic deeds of Satan uh, as he whispers and suggests things in our ears and mind. And this uh, relates to uh, Ephesians 4 and 27, neither give place to the devil. And we're talking about the eighth point and uh, Satan uh, sets up these uh, D's in our lives, and we go for it. We bite it, and we get uh, not only deceived but destroyed. And let me just say something encouraging to you tonight before I get into these D's. Uh, when you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. Some of you right now is really down to nothing. You're down to nothing. But always remember, when you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. God is up to something, or the devil wouldn't be fighting you so hard. You ever thought about that? He knows that you are on your way to win, especially when you have the full armor on. So when you're down to nothing, always remember, God is always up to something. And God is up to something because the devil wouldn't be fighting you so much. He already got the world, see? He doesn't worry about the world. 
but he worries about you, especially when you're following God's precepts and you're being obedient and you're being led by the Spirit of God. The devil doesn't know what to do with somebody who's just want to give their life totally to God. When you give your life totally to God, the devil don't know what to do with you but to to attack you. And uh, so that's why we got to give attention to the creator rather than attention to the critics. You see the war of the two seas, the creator versus the critics. You got to keep your mind on the creator versus the critics today. So let me kind of lay out these uh, 17 D's of Satan. And as he whispers and suggests these things in our thoughts and in our ears and in our mind, and we've been talking about this for the last several weeks. And uh, these D's, now I want you to make note of this. These D's are all found in the Garden of Eden. All these D's Satan really used, even though it wasn't a language then. He used them to deceive our foreparents, and he uses it today to deceive you and me. If he can get to two perfect people, what makes you think that you are exempt? You know, so that's why we got to put on the full armor of God so we can stand against the wiles of the wicked one. So these 17 demonic deeds of the enemy. The first one is distraction. We talked already about this first deed, distraction. And that's how he did in the Garden of Eden. He came in the Garden of Eden and deceived Eve through the serpent. He distracted her through the serpent. See, uh, she got her eyes more on the serpent, the first S, rather than the second S, which is the Scriptures. We need to keep our eyes on the Scriptures and to keep our eyes and mind on the Word of God. But she got her eyes caught and locked in on the serpent, and the serpent distracted her. And then when she got distracted, she fell into the second D, which was doubt or disbelief. And that's the thing that follows. A distraction is the devil always want to get you to doubt the Word of God, to doubt what God has already said. Everything he said is set in stone. But the devil comes, and he whispers doubts in your mind, and you're going to either go after it or you're going to shut it down. Every doubt that he tries to plant in your conscience, in your mind, in your thoughts, and he not only put that thought in Eve's mind, but also in Adam's mind. And then he tried to do the same thing with uh, Jesus. But Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Or you're really turning to the word of God as the solution to defeat the enemy. You can't defeat the enemy by yourself. You're not, you're not strong enough. You're not powerful enough. Uh, you don't have the, enough wisdom to deal with this creature who knew a lot in heaven, and he knows a lot on the earth, and he is the second most powerful being on the earth besides God. And what makes you think that you can defeat him on your own? And so when the distraction comes, it gives birth to doubt, and doubt gives birth to the third D, which is disobedience. And they fell into disobedience. They disobeyed the word of God that God had instructed them. He said, 
Do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, a lot of people say, well, why was there the enemy distracting them? Well, God is always testing us to see how loyal we are to him. That's why the forbidden fruit was there, because God always is in the business of testing us to see if we're going to be loyal to him, committed to him, faithful to him, because he's faithful to us. All we got to do is be faithful to him. But instead, we get our eyes on the enemy, and he gets us to a state of distraction, doubt, and then disobedience. And disobedience will always destroy you. You got to be obedient. And that's what... uh, Samuel said to Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. It's better than going to church every Sunday. A lot of you go to church every Sunday. A lot of you listen to the choir. A lot of you go to prayer meetings. A lot of you go to Bible studies. A lot of you go to the usher meetings. A lot of you are involved with programs of the church. But it's not going to do you no good to do all of that. And even some of you are faithful in your tithing. It's not going to do you any good to do all those things, and you're not obedient to the Word of God. See, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The thing that he wants you to do is to live by what you preach. He wants you to live by what you preach. It's not enough to just say it, but you got to live it. You see, that's why I always use the the three L's in witnessing the people. And you might want to write these down. These three L's relate to this. It's first of all, when you witness, witness to somebody, you need to always show them, number one, the love of Christ. That's the first L, the love of Christ. The second L, you need to show them a changed life, that your life has been changed in Christ. And the third L is on your lips. You see, we put the lips before the love and the life. And we need to let the love shine first. And then the life and the lips will follow the love if we truly have the love of Christ. And that's the thing that's going to change the world by which we see today. So we have this first D, distraction. The second D, doubt. The third D, disobedience. And the fourth D is deceit or deception. You know, the serpent in Genesis 3 and 4, the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. That's a lie of the enemy. He's always trying to tell you the opposite of what God says. That's why you got to test all things and hold fast to that which is good. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things on the radio, in the pulpit. Uh, there's a lot of people saying a lot of things on TV regarding the Bible. But you got to put it to the test and make sure that it's testing up and standing up to the, the Word of God. See, otherwise you're going to be deceived and deceived by the enemy. And the fifth uh, D is denial. Yes, yes, they got into denial. They started denying everything that God was trying to confront them on regarding the sin after they had fallen. And then they were blaming God. Adam blamed God. And then he blamed God for giving him the woman. And then God questioned the woman. And she got into the Flip Wilson cliche, the devil made me do it. We are into denial today, and 
You better come clean with your gambling addiction. Come clean with your pornography. Come clean with your drug addiction. Come clean with your alcohol addiction. Come clean with your all the things that you're struggling with. Come clean with the gossip in your life. Come clean with all of these things. And then the sixth D is discouragement. They got disappointed and discouraged. They fell into a lot of shame and nakedness, and they sold fig leaves. That's the, this is the first religion in the Bible. They thought that they can work things out with God through works. That's why they sold fig leaves, and God had to kill a, a lamb and cover them the right way. See, that's the religion of the world today. They, When they get discouraged and get down and out, they start to figure out, I can work my way to heaven rather than realizing that Jesus has already done the work. And then the seventh D is despair. They lost hope, a sense of security, and trying to hide from God, which you can't hide from God. He's too high to climb over. He's too wide to get around, and he's too low to get under. You got to come to him as you are. You remember David said in the psalm, In the book of Psalms, if I took the wings of the morning and flew to the uttermost parts of the earth, thou art there. If I made my bed in hell, thou art there. And then when they got into despair, the eighth D, they became double-minded. James has a lot to say about a double-minded man. James 1 and 8 and 4 and 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And he says, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And see, the ninth D is that they got into dishonesty. And dishonesty and hypocrisy will always cause you to fall into sin. You look around the world today and you say, what is it that why there are so many atheists, agnostic, and skeptics, and false religions, and all of that stuff today, and cults and isms and stuff like that? It's because of hypocrisy. You know, you got to do it God's way, the Bible. Otherwise, it's hypocrisy. And this is the greatest sin in the world today. This is the thing that made Jesus angry with the religious people. And Then the tenth D is dullness and numbness. You get into a state of complacency, a state of sleeplessness and laziness, and you'll just get dull towards the things of God. And the eleventh D, you'll just get into a state of deadness. You'll just die. That's why there was three types of deaths in the Garden of Eden And primarily, these type of deaths, we'll kind of talk a little bit. There was a spiritual death and there was a physical death. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding all these demonic deeds of the enemy. Brother Jim. When we come back from this break, we will be covering the remaining deeds. And you don't want to miss this. So we'll see you on the other side of this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark. I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we will be returning to the remaining D's next week. But for to start with, I would like to begin by thanking everyone who has been in deep prayer for Contending for the Faith. Without the diligent prayers of the saints, we couldn't make it. We also want to thank those who gave this week, Valerie, Jackie, and Adia. 
One of our uh, one of our givers lives all the way in Pennsylvania, if you can believe that. Contending for the faith reaches all over. It costs us $400 a week, so we definitely need your help to stay on the air. Without you, the listening audience, we couldn't make it. If you enjoy this program, won't you please send us a donation to help us stay on the air? There are two ways to donate. You can send a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can go on your computer, the easy way, to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button. And with that, I think uh, we want to move into... Are taking the calls part let's, of the program? Let's what do, do you think? that. That sounds like a good plan. Well, I think we should go to CC. CC, are you there? I am. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Well, we're good truly blessed, truly blessed, and highly favored in the Lord, and we trust you got uplifted tonight. Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I didn't realize that many deeds can come out of the garden. You know, it's, it's really awesome how the Holy Spirit. Uh, Showed you that. I'm going to keep that in mind. Amen. I could, definitely, I could definitely relate to that. So praise the Lord. You always do a good job, you know, dividing the word and then also making a correlation to, you know, what's, you know, what's going on in our society with our community because you can always relate to that. Even someone doesn't say, "Well, I don't agree with the Bible." They, they, they can't. You I mean if you if you're being logical, you can't disagree with that because all of us have doubt and you know it's it's, it's, it's I mean, so I was really like how you, you know, it's, it's practical but theological at the same time. Amen to that. Well, it's well said. I can't add to that but say praise the Lord for that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and what's on your heart tonight as far as your scripture? Okay, I have a, a two-fold question for you. The first one is, um, uh, has to do out of Isaiah fifty-five eleven, And I was wondering if you could help me out with this verse here because I never had, I never really heard um, a really... I never really heard this verse really caught on too much. If it is, it's just kind of like skimmed over. I just want to just, you know, you give me some bread and meat out of this verse. Okay, let's uh, try to do what we can to help you with this. And uh, it's uh, one of the things I want to say with verse uh, 11, you want to look at uh, verse 10. And why don't you mm-hmm. read verse 10 and 11 so the listening audience can uh, get uh, the background. Okay, thank you. Uh, no problem. For as... The rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and runneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. And verse 11 says, So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Thus is the reading of the word. Amen. Thank you so much for that. The reason why I had you to read verse uh, 10 is because it's like God is saying, um, the way I work in, with Mother Nature, Mother Nature, the rain as it comes down and the snow comes down from heaven, and we can always bank on it that uh, when rain comes, it not only purifies the earth, but it cleanses it, and it does a tremendous work as well as it gives us water. 
and uh, snow as well. And so it's uh, something that uh, God uses through Mother Nature to take care of our physical needs. So when we think about the rain and the snow, uh, it takes care of our physical needs and uh, and the bread as well. Uh, And so what Isaiah is doing is paralleling the the physical needs to changing it over to now the spiritual need. So he sets up the physical need that God takes care of us with these uh, things happening in Mother Nature, and then he moves it from there to the uh, spiritual needs. And the Word of God, if we use it, uh, God has promised us that it will go forth and take care of us in terms of our spiritual needs because we need the Word of God. You remember Jesus said in, in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So living by the Word of God is something that will take care of our not only our spiritual needs, but uh, it'll cross over to our uh, physical needs as well. But the Word of God even is uh, like uh, the right of Hebrew says, a two-edged sword. You know, it has two uh, perspectives of it, two blades, meaning that one of them go out to cut the world, and if we don't do our job, it'll come back and cut us. And so uh, the Word of God, and when it goes forth uh, out of his mouth, when we use it uh, to share with a lost world, uh, in God's timing, it will not return to him void, but it'll prosper wherein uh, he sends it. You know, a lot of times I have preached to people, and uh, they have been stubborn towards the Word of God, and it's like it takes almost a year, two years, sometime immediate transformation. And I preached one time and taught uh, a young man and was teaching a young man about hell, and he wanted nothing to hear about it, and he was a blasphemer and everything you can think of. And uh, I preached to him and told him that the Word of God teaches that Jesus came to die for your sins, but if you reject such a great salvation, you can die and go to hell. And he got so angry with me, and then he uh, almost cursed at me. And then uh, about a year later, He came back to me and said, you know what, Uh, I couldn't sleep at night because the word that you gave me kept me up throughout the night thinking about hell. (laughs) And uh, he said, I had to turn to Jesus. See, the word of God, when it goes forth, it will not return to him void, but it'll prosper where any sender. You remember also in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where uh, Paul says, one planteth. One watereth, and God gives the increase. So God is faithful to his word. If we are faithful to preaching it and teaching it, we need to not get discouraged because God will move on the hearts of men when he, and when it's his timing. And it's never in vain. Never think it's in vain, whether it's somebody who is a blasphemer, a neighbor, somebody involved with a cult, somebody involved with a false religion, somebody involved with uh, your family who's rejecting the gospel. Never lose hope that once it goes forth, God's promise here is that it will not, it will accomplish 
what I please, and it will prosper in the thing that I send it, and it will not return back to me void. That's good news, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Amen. That's not only that's not only good news, that's shouting news. I'm about to stand up in this studio and start running around the place, but I know I gotta stand here with these headphones. So sit here with these headphones. Come on, Dr. Bart, I wanna see that. I know that's right. I feel like doing it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so hopefully that helps you. It helps out a lot. I'm pretty sure a lot of people listening, too. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you had another question as well? Yeah, I have another question, and then I want to ask for some prayer. I want to ask you, what do you think about the injustice and inequity on the part of law enforcement in terms of African Americans? What do you think would uh, be the solution to this? That's a good question, Um, and uh, I'm I'm saddened by uh, what's going on with— the law enfor- enforcement, but I'm also saddened by by uh, the some of the people in the black community, the way they have reacted to it, as well as uh, I try to teach young black men because I did a video uh, for officers in the entire Bay Area on racial profiling, and they use that to train officers all over the Bay Area because I experienced it myself a lot of uh, racial profiling, and that's what made me do this video to train the officers in the entire Bay Area. But I try to train young brothers to, uh, you know, do what you're told and don't get in the car. And when they tell you not to get in the car, if your your hand's supposed to go up, you go up, you do what they tell you to do. And, uh, you know, and sometimes people get killed under those circumstances, but you want to do what is right. And if there's an injustice, uh, there's a way to handle that. You get their badge number and you take it to the powers that be above them. But the injustices today in our world today, when it comes to the police department and when it comes to the people, the two P's, the police department and the people, they both need to turn to God. We talk about uh, black lives matter, and we talk about blue lives matter, and we talk about all lives matter. But what we need to do is have signs up saying, but what about God matters? Mm-hmm. See, we have left God out of everything in society. We used to have God in the schools, and since we took God out, We've replaced the first G, God, with the other G, games. And so as long as we're continuing to push God out of society, these are the results. I don't hear politicians talking about God. I don't hear the economists talking about God. I don't hear uh, people who are running for office talking about God, both politicians. I don't hear anybody except for a few talking about we need to get God back in our society, in our, and police need to turn to God, they, and the people need to turn to God. You see, the, the problem today is uh, not trying to put together a great program, not to put together a lot of people get together and do this and that. The, the, the issue today is that man's heart is deceitful and wicked. And that's what it tells us in Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Jesus said, out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts and, and all these things and murder. And so when our hearts are right with God, 
then our hearts will be right in our society. See, and, and, and what does it tell us in Second in Chronicles 7 and 14? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I forgive their sins and heal their land. The land is not healed today because we have not repented and turned to God. That's the problem today. Somebody in society and the, amongst the Preachers and politicians and leaders need to, echoing the voice of God, that God need to be the answer to all of our problems today. And you see, and when there is a demonstration, uh, there's nothing wrong with demonstrating, but this wrong demonstration to throw rocks at the officers, be violent because they're being violent, and we know that there is a law that if you live by the sword, you will die by it, and if officers are killing people, this going to come back and they're going to get killed because if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword. And this is what Jesus made clear. So the way to deal with injustices is to remember Martin Luther King Jr., how he dealt with injustices from a nonviolent perspective. And he tried to tell his own folks to do, do not be violent in the midst of violence. You see, and Martin Luther King used to say from Amos 5 and 24, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. And he said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So we need to turn back to God. He is the answer. He is the solution. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And until we get right with him, we're going to continue to have these problems because the thing that's happening in our society today this is the last thing I want to say. The thing that's happening in our society is what happened in the days of Noah. It says that they would, man was doing what was right in his own eyes, and God got to the point where he said, I'm going to destroy the whole earth. This world by which we're living is going to hell in a handbasket. And Jesus is the only one that's going to come back and straighten it out. The politicians are not. The preachers are not. Nobody's going to straighten it out but Jesus. That's the, he's the answer for this world today. Amen. So hopefully Amen. that helps you out. That helped out a lot, too. If I can get some prayer, if you have some time. or do, I, know you, I don't know if you got to go to a commercial break. or Yeah, we, we, I think we have enough time for uh, a prayer real quick. What's on okay. your heart? If you could just pray for my family, uh, my mother, Rosette Linda. Um, if you could just pray... Um, yeah, for my family, my mother, Rosalinda, and then a couple of celebrities. I just want to pray for um, the rapper 50 Cent. He's in a, 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 a quarrel with another rapper, and I don't want this to end up like, you know, what happened with Tupac. You know, so I want to pray that God would just, you know, reach into that situation. And plus, I know they need the Lord. And, um, yeah, and just for me, too, because the part of this injustice and equity on the part of law enforcement, um, a lot of times when I see them, I don't feel safe. I, become, I believe it's become a systemic problem that hasn't been dealt with. You gave the solution to it, but Steve, me as a black man, a lot of times when I'm on the streets, I've, I've been racial profile a lot. I've been um, guns pulled on me. I haven't done anything. So I've, I've experienced all these things by the grace of God and get shot or killed. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm fearful when I'm out here on the streets. So I just want to pray yeah. for God, God, God's protection. I am. You know, I'm yeah. just, just being honest. 
Yeah, and 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 it's a, it's a uh, the thing that's not only you feeling this way, but every black man. But this is what I was saying. Anytime that happens to you, you you get their their badge number and you take it to the the chief. And you, if you have to take it to the NAACP and powers that be, you do it because you have the right. And they got their pictures up on the walls at every police station. Let's pray for you. Let's pray for you right now. Brother Jim. Okay. CC, um, we are with the last uh, minute we got left. I just want to pray, Lord God, for CC and his family, for his mother, Rosalinda. Lord, just bring health and uh, prosperity to their household. And Father, we thank you for the celebrities that entertain us. And uh, Father, we just pray that that uh, you would uh, you would enter their hearts. And we spe- pray specifically tonight for Fifty Cent and and uh, what may be transpiring with him and another rapper. Uh, Lord, I pray for CC and uh, his health. Lord, help him to stay true to the faith and uh, stay positive amidst all the fears that are going on out there. Lord, we uh, we thank you that you are a God that provides. You are a God that protects. And, Lord, that uh, ultimately we will be with you, and that is where our hope lies. And we thank you, Father, and pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very, thank you very much. If you guys can, on your own, pray for um, Brad Pitt and uh, Tom Cruise and Eminem, because I'm really, you know, those are some people that, that need the Lord, too. I know they're very influential in the uh, community. You can keep those young brothers in prayer. We sure will. And thank you so okay. much for your call. And uh, we want to say to Deborah and Jermaine, hang in there. We're going to get to you right after the commercial break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I am in the studio with the awesome Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And we are taking your calls. But before we get back to the calls, Dr. Buckner, you got any other thoughts you want to have from uh, from CC's call? Well, I think uh, pretty much covered most of all of it, um, you know, and uh, we always appreciate his call and his question as well. Uh, how about yourself? It's uh, the whole issue with the uh, with the, the profiling and what's going on between the cops and the Black Lives Matter and all that. It's obviously, you know, front page news. The uh, We know that police, most police officers are out there doing what they doing are really working towards trying to find a solution to this. Um, however, just like they're people and there are good people and there are bad people and there are good cops and there are bad cops. Uh, we would hope that there are more good ones than bad ones. But, uh, you know, the, I think that there are issues that, that are within our, our culture and society that are more at the root of this. And I think you really touched on it. And that is, we have forgotten God and as a culture. This is why we're suffering. I mean, you can point the figure at some, at some details, but the truth is, is as, a, as a culture, we have turned our back on the Almighty, on the Creator. And, and he is, what we can see here is lifting his hand of protection away from this, what this country has enjoyed for so many, for two centuries. Absolutely. That's, uh, I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And I would encourage people to also do a word study on black lives matter. Um, because if you go to the root of that, um, that movement, uh, it was some militant people, black militants that started that movement, black lives matter. And, uh, I would say that black lives matter when it comes to life and it comes to police being violent towards them. But you need to understand that there is a 
uh, within that history of Black Lives Matter, if you do a Google study on that, you'll find that it goes back to black militancy and the person that started it uh, had actually killed an officer herself. And uh, it's on the loose now in Cuba or somewhere where they can't even find out where the person's at. So be careful what you're involved with and uh, make sure it's of God, because uh, I think you'll be enlightened if you do a Google search on the word uh, Black Lives Matter. All righty, let's get to uh, Brother Jermaine. Are you there, Jermaine? Brother Jermaine. Oh, hello. How are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing very well. Well, good. It's good to hear your voice, and uh, we trust you got blessed through the Word tonight, and uh, we want to know what's on your heart tonight. Yeah, I was especially blessed by uh, your message on, uh, on uh, you know, the current situation going on in our country, so thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. I try to let God use me and uh, speak through me, and I want to be fair to both sides, but the issue is uh, God matters. Until we get to the point that God matters— in the midst of all these matters, <laughs> we are never going to solve the problems, and nobody going to solve them but God. That's the bottom line, and I don't hear nobody really echoing the voice of God today. In a violent world, we need to be talking about God, turning to God. That's the answer. That's the answer. All right. So you had a scripture that you wanted to uh, ask the question about? Yeah, um, uh, Second John uh, 9 through 11, basically, I, I think that's the Godspeed one. Uh, Having a deal because I have I have a friend of mine and uh, you know he he's a very dedicated Christian but he this has to do with Jehovah's Witnesses he actually won't let them in the house at all and I I wasn't necessarily sure if that applied if you were giving them the truth versus letting them you know do their usual brainwashing techniques so I was just wondering uh, what you had to say on that if if that scripture applied to just not even letting them in the house because to me it seems like well where would you actually minister to them. You know, if that's your opportunity, what do you do? Yeah, that's a very good question. I'm glad that you called back in from last week uh, because we didn't get you in last week. But let me do an exegetical study of this uh, passage here uh, in 2 John 9 and and through 11. uh, It's very important for us to understand uh, some principles here in terms of the house itself. But let me kind of build a story, and then it'll kind of give you some insight. Uh, probably about 20 years ago, I was in Bakersfield at a, um, a um, I think it was a revival, and uh, I wasn't a speaker, but a pastor who's passed on now, he died of cancer, um, and he had pancreatic cancer. But uh, he got up before the... Um, the congregation, all black church, and he said uh, he quoted this scripture, Second John, uh, and he said, um, "If anyone comes to your house and brings not the doctrine of Christ, uh, you know, don't bid them Godspeed or let them in." And so people were saying, "Amen" and "Amen" in the black congregation. And then after the service is over, I didn't want to interrupt him doing his, his sermon, but after the, the the people had left, I went to him and I said. Uh, Pastor, do you realize what that word house mean? He says, well, it's talking about the literal house. I said, no. Back in that day, the house represents the church because the early church met in houses. And I said, what you told the people, you really need to correct that. 
You need to you need to get together with those folks, and you need to correct that because he was talking about Jehovah's Witnesses, the early church. Every time they saw people that were lost, they evangelized them, and and many times uh, they not only brought them into their houses, but Jesus was there and brought people in. Uh, they brought sinners and publicans, and they brought. Uh, you know, all types of people to reach them for Christ. And that was the evangelistic thrust of the early church. And uh, so when the elect lady is speaking about don't receive them into your house, neither bid them Godspeed, the word Godspeed is an old King James word. In the Greek, it means greet, or it also can mean don't say even the Lord bless you. You know, a lot of times we say to ungodly people, uh, God speed or God bless you. You're never supposed to say that to ungodly people. You're only supposed to say that to Christian people. So when when John was working with the elect lady, that was her house, and which was the church where the early church would meet in houses— because they would say throughout the scriptures, and you, if you were to do a word study, a word search, you find that the church which is in their house, it says that over and over in Paul's writing and so forth, the church that is in their house. So uh, what John is saying to the elect lady, there are a lot of false um, prophets and, and false deceivers out there, and he talked about the spirit of the Antichrist, and he was saying, don't let them in the church unless they have sound doctrine because they're going to disrupt the church and they're going to scatter the flock and they're going to deceive the body of Christ. Don't let them in the church. This is the way we're supposed to be today. But as far as the house is concerned, every time a Joe witness come to my house, I let them in. You know, they have me staked out now. They know, they know me, Dr. Jerry Buckner. They know me. So when they come over into my neighborhood, they avoid my house and they go to everybody else's houses because Joe Wooden said, oh, that guy, he's an entertainer, but he's an entertainer to try to reach us to bring him into what he believes in. So uh, I open the door of my house. I will let them come in and say, well, you want some coffee? You want some orange juice? Whatever you need, have them sit down. And the first thing I do is hit them with Jesus Christ. I don't let them get into their uh, theocracy and all the the end of the world and all that. I I get right to Jesus Christ, who he is, and ask them to answer that question. So uh, there's a lot of ignorance, uh, Jermaine, regarding this passage of Scripture. And hopefully I've done some clarification for you. Oh, yeah, very much so. I, I appreciate that. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I love my friends all there, and they're very dedicated, but I, I think this is where the study comes in as far as word studies and, and getting deeper into theology. So uh, yes. thank you for clearing that up. Yes, and then it's good to be in a, in a church where you're going to get taught with a wise pastor, a wise man of God. That's why they need to be connected with somebody like a Dr. Buckner and somebody that knows the Word of God, because it's important to be uh, shepherd right. Well, thank you so Amen. much. Thank you so much for your uh, your call. Do you have any prayer requests, or are you okay? Uh, yeah, just so uh, you know, God, I believe, has opened up a door to a completely different uh, job industry for me, and just, uh, you know, just as we keep opening the door, and also have a great testimony for you guys. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that, and uh, we'll uh, 
hope to uh, hear the a testimony around that and keep in contact with us, and we will do likewise uh, with you. All right. Amen. All right. Thank you for your call and your great question as well. Uh, thank you. All right. God bless. That's awesome. You know, I, um, I'm i with you. I, I <laughs> when, when the Jehovah's Witnesses come by or the Mormons come by, I if I have the opportunity, I invite them in. In fact, I had recently some Mormons come by, and they, uh, you know, I really couldn't talk to them at that time. But I said, you know, uh, let's schedule a time. So they they came back, and uh, and and I spent probably an hour and a half talking with them. And I and I um, I really did ask them a couple of questions that I think they were just stumped. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know? well, you, well, you know, they they come to our door, and I appreciate you saying that. Fishing for us, but we, they don't know that we're fishing for them. And yes. I always tell people when they come, you know, greet them with love, and then um, you know, always they always come in twos. Work with the the trainee rather than the trainer. There's a trainee that hasn't been as brainwashed, right? So hammer in on that person. Well, let's squeeze in uh, Sister Deborah. Deborah, are you there? Hello, Deborah. Yes, hello. How are you doing this evening in the Lord? I'm, I'm okay. Well, good. Well, let's get to your question so we can use our time wisely. My question was, you know how satanic healings happen and people give credit to Satan for healing mm-hmm. in the uh, end times? Mm-hmm. Well, healing is the children's bread for the Christians. So is this, I, I know my own opinion, but I want your opinion. Um, um, I don't want uh, my opinion. I just want the Word of God, and I believe I know what it is, um, that Satan is allowed by the Lord to pretend to be true so that, that people can be further deceived. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And and so is God allowing that to happen so that they can go deeper into darkness or is he trying to open their eyes? Well, we see this uh in 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 uh, I would say uh Revelation chapter 13, uh, you know that uh that uh, the enemy, the antichrist uh will perform uh miracles and the false prophet and that sort of thing. And everything is 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 allowed by God, uh, for sure. Uh, even in Matthew chapter seven, we see that uh, Jesus said that, and and I don't think that he was uh, really uh, really uh, saying anything that's unusual for us to know. But he said that in the last days that there will be false teachers, and many will uh, perform miracles in my name, cast out demons, and uh, that sort of thing, and prophesy in my name. He said this in Matthew 7, but he says, I will profess to them that I never knew you. I think a lot of times God will allow certain things to happen, and in the midst of it, uh, get the glory out of it and, and bring people to him uh, to through those situations there. And that sort of thing, but definitely the false teachers are doing some things, uh, and uh, and yet in the end, God will still cast them away from Him. So the enemy does have uh, power, and he so has. The individual has the the responsibility 
to find out the truth for themselves. Oh, they do. They do have to find out the truth for themselves because Jesus said the truth will make you free. And uh, But uh, we're living in a day and age where it's harder and harder for people to know the truth because they've rejected it so long that it tells us in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 that when the Antichrist come, there will be, God will allow strong delusions, that they will believe a lie than the truth. We are in a day and age where uh, delusions are so strong amongst the people today that they don't know what the truth is over uh, a lie. That's how scary it is today in our world by which we live. Yeah. Delusional world that we live in today. Delusional. Yeah. And Brother Wagner, I believe in that God is healing Donna. I, I don't know when this happened, but I believe absolutely that he's going to take away all the symptoms that she has, and there's not going to be a thing they can find. She's going to have a clean bill of health in Jesus' name. That's what I believe. Amen. Well, we'll be praying for that, but, uh, you know, everything falls under his will. It says in First John 5 and 14, we have this confidence that we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Unfortunately, we have to go, uh, but it's good hearing from you, and God bless you, and thank you for the good question, and God bless. Well, I would like to talk to you further. Okay, uh, we will do there sometime. We will do that. We'll work that out. God bless and thank for your call. And Brother Jim, knock a home run in the name of Jesus. All right. That is the end of another fantastic edition of Contending for the Faith. We would like to thank Vince, our engineer, and uh, Elias, our phone counselor. And you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. Just want to remind everybody that we now have a podcast that you can download and subscribe to. What an awesome thing this is. Go on to kfax.com and search it out, Contending for the Faith, and you will find it. In the meantime, we look forward to talking with you and, uh, and listening to your questions, comments, and concerns. The next time we have Contending for the Faith, please keep us in mind of your prayers. Until next week at this time, we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.